Who feels like they are just crawling to the holidays? That end of year push can feel absolutely exhausting. It's obvious why it's hard. We're tired. We're burnt out. We've just gone through a whole year of it. But as you know, being a teacher is pretty multifaceted. There's a lot of reasons why this time of year feels really tough. After all, it's not just us at a computer getting through that last bit of work. It's us plus the other 30 people in the room who are counting down those days too. So in this episode, I'm going to be discussing why it's just so tough for us and for our students, as well as giving you some top classroom survival tips leading up to the break. Welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is friggin' hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. What's the point of this podcast, right? You know you're tired. Every single day starts probably by passing 10 different colleagues, doing that big countdown. You know, you see someone, oh, 10 days to go. You see another person, 10 days to go. You might even walk into the staff room. You've got that little ticker box on the um, staff room whiteboard and you're counting down and you're crossing off the days. Well, this isn't a podcast about perpetuating any kind of negativity. This, I just really wanted to validate those feelings about why you're so damn tired, thinking about, you know, why things are so much harder in the classroom at the moment and try to give you a few solutions to tackle it. So that last two, two and a half weeks of the year or however long you have left um, or that time at the end of the term in general, you can have a little bit more of a solution to that and go in feeling a little bit more confident. Can I just say as well that over on my Instagram, when I post things about teaching that read a wider, reach a wider audience, I get a bunch of people saying things like, oh, that's every job. Stop moaning. Yes, it is every job. Every single person, every single human being right now is probably exhausted at the end of the year. What is completely different about teaching is that every job doesn't demand that you maintain your own energy on top of the energy of 30 other human beings who are also incredibly exhausted, whose behaviors tend to escalate, who are increasingly hard to motivate, who still have things that need to be done while having the pressure from above to make sure we're doing all of these extra things in our roles and making sure students are still progressing academically. Uh, so teachers still need to maintain the start of year energy to compensate for the lack of energy, motivation and buy-in for all of those students. Otherwise, we're chewed up and spun out. There's 30 kids in a room and one of you, we're all feeling exhausted. There's no taking the foot off the accelerator. There's no space for a glitch in the performance without consequences for us as teachers. So yes, I know that every single job, everybody's tired. And a lot of people like to give me a hard time on my Instagram when I talk about things that I think are specific to teachers. But we have to remember that our job, it obviously has a layer of difficulty that a lot of other jobs don't. So why is it so hard, right? Should I state the obvious? We're all just burnt out. We're all tired as hell. But on top of that, we have, you know, sad seasonal affective disorder, depending on where you are in the world. I know that as an Australian moving to the UK, it hits me really hard still every single year. Like 
the sun going down at 3.30, you're going to work in the dark, you're coming home in the dark. It's just so dark all the time, the sun. I remember that first year I came to the UK and that first winter, and I remember saying to one of my students, you never feel the sun on your skin here in winter. Like it doesn't actually reach the height where you feel that like really beautiful sun's warmth like you do in Australia in winter. So that seasonal affective disorder, it happens to everybody. I know that it's not specific to expats, um, but that is a real, real thing. So, you know, if you're struggling during winter, if you're struggling with that transition, that just makes things so much harder. But I also remember finishing work at the end of the summer term in Australia and it was the opposite of sad, but it still didn't make it any easier. It was just so hot. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're in a hot climate, you're just desperate to get out of those stinking hot classrooms. Everybody is just exhausted and the behaviours are a bit different when kids are out in the playground and they're getting super hot and sweaty and then they come in after um, the lunch break and it stinks in those classrooms and it's just, you know, everyone's unsettled and everyone's hot and bothered. So either way, whether you're in the Northern or the Southern hemisphere, the temperatures are changing and temperatures are getting a little bit more extreme. Um, so it is hard either way. There's also that final push. Like we aren't really able to wind down until the last minute. We've got next year's planning to do. We've got report writing to do. We've got marking to do. We've got all of those little things to you know, kind of wrap up for the year that you'd think, <laughs> you think that we'll be on the wind down, um, but we're not on the wind down. You see other people in different, you know, organizations and different um, fields and they're going on their Christmas parties and they're doing all of these nice fun things. And I feel like teachers just right up until that end. I mean, teachers don't really get Christmas parties, do we? Like, it's just, if you do, you're lucky. And if you do get a Christmas party where you can get a free glass of wine, like that's even better, but very, often we don't really get those things as teachers as much. So we're not really on the wind down until that very last minute. Another thing is we're really still needing to get through the lessons. And the message from senior leadership is always that we need to be providing quality lessons up until that final day. We need to be providing, you know, really good learning. We need to be really prepared up until that final day, which I, I agree with, simultaneously agree with and disagree with, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. It just puts a lot of pressure on us to be able to get through quality learning and make all of that progress with our students in the last two weeks. They're not going to be making too much progress if they're feeling the same way that we are. And one of the main, main reasons why it's so hard at the end of the year is that behavior starts to get so much more challenging. Why is it so hard for our students? They're in the wind down period too. They're just as mentally done as us. Their energy is low. Their focus is low. They feel entitled to put their feet up at the end of the year. And I remember feeling the same when I was a student, like, you know, what's the point? There's no buy-in. I've done my assignments. I've finished my units of work. And if they're not thinking it, you know, outwardly, they're in their subconscious somewhere, they're switched off, they're out, they're done for the year. And I think that a lot of teachers are the same. Like I've got two weeks left. What's the point? So this can lead to a whole bunch of just apathetic kind of behaviors, just really low energy, not wanting to do the work, really hard to motivate, um, you know, students sitting there on their phones, or it just depends on what age they are, obviously, but to motivate a student to do any really high level thinking or work during this time when they feel like there's no buy-in for them, they've done everything they need to do, they've worked hard all year, whether they have or not in our like perception, that does make no difference to that student. In their eyes, they've worked really hard all year. They've done everything they need to do. So they're done. 
they're absolutely done. On top of the fact that kids can get a little bit apathetic at this time, on top of the fact that, you know, they're struggling with their focus and their energy, the holidays that are coming up are actually a really worrying, scary, unsafe, um, difficult time for some students because even though some students might be going home to families that they'll be really warm with, they'll be really held with, they'll, you know, be having a really beautiful Christmas or other holiday with, um, some students unfortunately just don't have that. School is their safe place. School is their consistency. School is the place where they come to sometimes escape from things that don't feel very good at home. So leading into the holidays, you might see those students who have the most challenging behaviors, sometimes they can become a little bit more challenging even. And it's not just the fact that they're focus is low or the energy is low. It could just be the fact that they're becoming incredibly dysregulated because of what they know is to come. You know, over the summer holidays, six weeks without the consistency of school, six weeks without having a guaranteed meal per day if they get school, like free school meals, it can be very, very challenging for them going into that period of time. So holding space for that and understanding that if your students are escalating in their behaviours, Sometimes it is just because of what is to come. And again, it might not be something that they're thinking particularly, but they are probably getting dysregulated in a sense because of that. So a lot of students will be really excited. Some students will be getting really like eager to get off on that break. And others, even if they do say they're excited to not be at school, stuff school, I don't want to be here. I'm so happy. I can't wait to go home and play my PlayStation 24-7 what they're saying and the reality of what they're thinking might be completely different. So just be mindful of that. And because of that, I always, always say to teachers, just obviously you don't have to be the Grinch around this time. Um, If you want to be doing things that are holiday based in the classroom, obviously in a way that's inclusive because Christmas is not the only holiday that happens around this time. Um, Really think about what will be inclusive for the students who might not have such a safe and lovely break as well. They might not have food on the table. I mean, things at the moment are really challenging financially for a lot of families with the um, inflation, with electricity prices. And some might actually have to choose between having a meal on Christmas day and keeping the house warm. So really holding space for that. And um, obviously not speaking about it outwardly with your class necessarily, but just making sure that we're keeping that in mind. So what can we do about it? Uh, I'm going to preface this with the fact that every single one of you will have their own school expectations. They'll have their own senior leadership instructions. So please don't take my advice over theirs and get yourself in any hot water. All schools operate differently. Your context is different. Your kids are different. You'll have to do different things class to class. But this and this like is the same for any of my content, right? Obviously, you need to work in alignment with your school policies. So I don't want anyone's head teacher or principal coming to me saying, hey, what are you telling my staff to do this for? Because that completely goes against what we do as a school. Um, yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> I don't want those kind of messages before Christmas time. So anyway, I'm going to talk about two contradictory things. The first is about keeping expectations high and being more prepared than ever. The biggest thing is to not drop your expectations with them for their behavior. And the way we can do that is keep the same structure, keep the seating plans, keep consistent with our nonverbals and the actual structure of our lessons. That consistency in itself, even if we just have the same entry and exit routines, even if we have the same procedure for our behaviors, even if we keep the seating plans, all of those things will have such a huge impact on everything else that we do. So even if you just have 
you know, lessons that are less rigorous during that time, um, it will help just to make sure they're held with those consistent routines and expectations. Continue as much as possible to make every lesson relevant. Try to increase that buy-in as much as possible because, as I said before, they're going to have a very reduced buy-in because they've done everything they need to do in their eyes. They're finished. They've done their assessments. So thinking about how you can increase that buy-in. Some of the ways that I do that is, um, you know, keeping them calm and engaged. As an English teacher, I always loved doing an end of term novel. We'd all read it together. We'd explore what we talk about in the book and some themes and concepts of the book, you know, especially in the heat of summer in um, Western Sydney, where we'd like just obviously this is so, so hard to focus when the classrooms are a million degrees. So we'd just close the blinds, we'd get on the floor, we'd get comfy and I'd just read to them. And it depends on the class. Obviously, some classes were harder to do that with than others. Some students, you know, would just listen to a meditation or something just to get them ready. But, you know, getting on the floor, I'd read to them, you know, we'd be really hot and bothered. So it'd be a little bit cooler with the blind shut. And then we'd discuss the concepts in the book and do some activities around the book. So every lesson they'd come in wondering what was going to happen next in the book. And I know that's not going to be the same for like every subject teacher, um, depending on what you do. But I always loved doing that end of term novel study with them. Um, just thinking about how to hook them in. So having a really good hook maybe through a group activity. So one year we were doing Macbeth, for example, and we made it a group task for each student to represent Macbeth in whatever way they wanted. And then they had to present on the final day of the, or in the final week of the year. So some chose a rap to do, some chose like a comic version of Macbeth they put together as a group, um, some a little mini video or acting things out. So every lesson they were working towards a project at the end, but they're doing it in a way that they're engaged with. It's like, you know, with their friends so they can do something that's important for them or relevant for them. Um, so, and that hooked them in enough for me to be doing the work with them right until the very end and doing something that will just keep them engaged, something that's relevant. And why all of this matters, regardless of the task you're doing, is because you're still sending messages to those students that every single minute with them matters. You're still going to expect them to show up. You're still expecting them to engage. So, it's more about that consistency than it is with the work itself. It's more about everyone getting to the end in one piece. So I would just think of anything, what is going to keep them engaged and what will be relevant to the learning you did that term still. So finishing up with the unit of work and then, okay, what can I do to extend this is going to give my students a bit of buy-in? What's going to be engaging for them? What's going to be exciting to them? And just going from there really and just getting a little bit savvy with it. But simultaneously, if you need to do things that will just get you through, I know you're in survival mode right now. I've been in that same position for many years. I know some of you are probably thinking, Clay, not even at school at the moment, you smug bleep. Like <laughs> you're not even dealing with this at the moment. Trust me, I have dealt with this for over a decade. I've done many, many, many survival mode lessons at the end of the year just to get through it with my toughest classes. So just think it is fine to watch that film, right? I know that like watching a film at the end, I've had a lot of schools that are like, don't watch a movie with your class. That's sending the wrong messages. Like we're not, we're learning up until the last minute. 
what I would always do is watch that film, try to make it relevant to like maybe the concepts of what they were learning before, trying to pair it with some tasks. And that sends messages to students that they're doing it purposefully. They're not just going to go to somebody and go, oh, we're just watching a movie in Miss English's class. They're actually doing, like, I'm framing it in a way, even though they probably are just watching a movie, but I'm framing it in a way that is purposeful for them. I'm framing it in a way that's relevant to their learning still. So it's like a, you know, double whammy, which is always really good. Um, do that craft. Just make sure it's super structured. Make sure you've got enough going on for them so they aren't sitting around. Put some music on, get that vibe going and make a bit of an event out of it. So again, that way students won't think it's like this last minute, couldn't be bothered to plan a lesson kind of something. Kids are super savvy. Like they will do something cheeky. They'll get in a bit of trouble and then they'll go to the head teacher. They'll go to their parents and say, well, Miss is only doing craft with us. We aren't learning anything just cover your bases, make it purposeful. You don't want that awkward chat about the classwork with a parent. You don't want that awkward chat with your head teacher about the work. You want to make sure that everything you're doing is structured. It's purposeful. It's planned out. Even if it's something that is a little bit more fun, is a little bit more chilled out for the last couple of weeks of the year. That's the last thing we need at the end of the year, right? Like just trying to do something nice and fun for our class and then getting in trouble for it. If you want to get the computers out and do a little research task or some other task, which will take them a couple of days, so you don't have to worry about the planning for a couple of days. That's also fine. Again, just make sure it's structured. Make sure the kids know exactly what the expectations are, because whatever you are doing, my main message is just to make sure you're keeping the same structures in place for the lesson. You're providing the same consistency. You're appearing to have it all purposefully planned and controlled. Remember, a lot of our teaching presence is crafted by how we act and how we present things to our students. So just keep that up. Keep being credible. Keep those nonverbals strong so we can weave in your survival mode end of year tasks without completely losing the time, the class, without having to deal with the escalation of behaviors and thinking, oh, well, we're not doing anything in here anyway. So Miss is checked out or Sir is checked out. They don't care about our learning. I'm not caring about my learning either. So really making sure you're sending all those messages that being there and learning matters, but doing it in a way that's still going to get them increased buy-in, still going to get them where you want them to be with their behavior too, and working at that pre-escalation phase. So I hope that has helped in some way for those of you who are really struggling to get to the end of the year. Just the last thing, you're not the only one feeling like this. If you're feeling like you're a crap teacher because you're counting down those days and just feeling like you've given up a little bit and just your lessons are looking really relaxed and you're not the only one feeling this way. You're not the only one doing that. And I did a post on Instagram the other day and it was like, write in to tell me something that you're struggling with at the moment. And let's see if other teachers are feeling the same way. So it was like, am I the only teacher who, and somebody wrote in saying, am I the only teacher who is counting down those two weeks and has completely switched off. And I think 98% of teachers said, no, I'm also feeling like that. So just know you're not alone. You're definitely um, not the only teacher feeling like you're at the complete end of your tether. But just remember, keep your behavior expectations. Don't stop, stop addressing those spot fires. Don't stop chatting to kids about behavior. Um, don't stop holding them in that way. Don't stop trying to get that buy-in. And it's because that is survival for you as well. It really is going to help you in the long run. If you keep those things up, um, I know it's hard and you're exhausted, but do the very best that you can. And if you're in survival mode, that's completely fine too. Uh, I can't remember who posted it, but I saw, um, a post that was, 
your best looks different every single day. A hundred percent that you give looks different every day. Sometimes your hundred percent looks like another day's 30%. So don't forget that as well. And I think that's enough talking from me today, don't you think? So I will see you same time and same place next week. Have a lovely week, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Unteachables podcast, teacher friends. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, please make sure you head over and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. A little review would also mean a lot. And if you're a teacher just wanting to suck the classroom management knowledge and strategies straight out of my brain and pop them into yours, you can join my comprehensive professional development program that'll teach them today at the-unteachables.com. And because you listen to my podcast and you're a little bit more special, you can use the code podcast20 for a special 20% off enrollment. This training, I promise you, is truly transformational. Find the full link to this and other goodies, including a special freebie in the show notes. And finally, if you're wanting to reach out and say hello, please don't be a stranger. You can head over to my Instagram where I hang out the most, the.unteachables, and pop into my DMs. Until next time, teachers. Teachers.